Welcome to a Drop Tent Media Production. Hey, after a long hiatus, we're back with new episodes of my undocumented ass podcast. We came back with a special guest, immigration underscore queen on TikTok, Gloria Carderas. We talked about uh, what's going on with DACA. We talk about her history in both in the immigration system and being a trial attorney. And we also took some viewer questions that people left on TikTok and she answered all their immigration questions. It was fun. It was educational. And we talked. So, uh, check it out. Uh, my undocumented ass podcast with Che Guerrero. The winds really change talk. in one direction; they gotta harass someone else. I get it. I exactly. get it. Like people don't realize how just one little access can literally change a whole family's life. Hey, we're back with another episode of my undocumented ass podcast, and uh, this is really cool because I uh, I've actually worked with this awesome immigration lawyer on TikTok a bunch. My undocumented ass TikTok. So I'm talking today with Gloria. Wait, is it Candeiras? Cardenas, señor. Cardenas. Okay, Cardenas. I can't even I can't even read my own handwriting. Yeah, but we got you. We got the we got the right name, Cardenas. And we also have uh, yeah. aka immigration underscore queen on TikTok. Yep. That's yeah. me. And honestly, like uh listen, there's a lot of immigration lawyers on TikTok, okay? And I love them all. Okay. Well, you know, some more than other. But you are genuinely like my favorite person to watch whenever your videos come up because you have like this this toughness to you. You're like you're like a like uh like they used to say in scandal, you're like uh, you know, a gladiator. You're like a gladiator, you know, in a suit. You know what? That's 30 years of being a lawyer. Yeah. We don't, you know, when you're that, you're a lawyer this long, you get really, well, you get really tough, you know, especially an immigration attorney. You got to be real tough, tough on the law. And I think you have to be soft, but also firm with your clients because they're coming to you in a very desperate situation, very stressful. So I try and take that off them, you know, which is important. Yeah. That's uh that's something yeah something that like uh I I keep saying this like I'm when when I'm ready to do my next steps to figure out what where I where I stand in this in this legal you know battle I'm in that you're the one I'm I'm coming for and uh I'm actually I'm saving up a little money we're gonna talk sooner than later and I think <laughs> my journey is gonna be a lot of me making TikToks about how Gloria is helping me maneuver through the next steps. Well, I'm I'm happy to do it. I love complex cases and challenges you know yeah a lot of people take the easy stuff and i i do take straightforward cases but i like kind of the harder cases too you know yeah and uh, I'm, I'm gonna be one of those cases so it's gonna be oh no I, I don't think so not compared i've done over 500 deportation cases wow that's yeah. Yeah, that's something I want to I want to like, you know, before we get into your, your whole, you know, all the stuff that you've done with immigration, I want to talk a little bit about like your background, background so people can know, you know, sort of like where you're from, where you grew up and how you got into like, you know, immigration law and everything. You want to tell me a little bit about like your upbringing in California. That's where you grew up. Yeah, well, I'm an Aquarius. <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, I grew up in L.A. I grew up in L.A. And uh, my dad, there's a picture of him right there. He he was a lawyer. And he was a judge in L.A. So it was a judge's daughter, daughter, so I could never get into any trouble. Oh, yeah, they right away. Or get know. caught. Or get yeah. caught. Oh, get caught. That's more like it. I couldn't get caught. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had to talk my way out of all the issues. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Four kids. My mom was from England. My dad was from Mexico. Well, no, my dad was from L.A., but he was Mexican. So oh. I came, I grew up in a really a blended family yeah. and very open. Yeah, we were just really into civil rights and 
my mom was an immigrant to this country when in 1955. So, and she met the Mexican guy at a party at UCLA. And that's all that when he was at law school there. Oh. And then, uh, yeah. And then I followed in his footsteps, went to UCLA. And then I went to Hastings Law School where our vice president went, Kamala Harris. Oh, wow. And, okay. Yeah. And uh, so I graduated law school when I was 27 and just started being a business litigator in Los Angeles. Okay. And actually left the big, big law firm and actually defended police in excessive force cases after the Rodney King riots. And the reason I did it was to get a whole bunch of trial experience. Oh, wow. Um, so I I got to see how the police really, really work because I used to represent them for five years. Oh, okay. Um, so um, did that, got a lot of jury trials, federal, tri you know, state trials, and went on my career. And then um, 13 years ago, I moved to Utah for skiing with my kid, <laughs> with my kids, my three yeah. kids, and I opened my own law firm. And I, I was like, got old enough and wise enough to make it, you know, happen. And I did, I wanted to do immigration law because I felt like I really had the for deportation defense. I had that trial experience that would help my clients a lot versus a lot of people go in there blind and they're just young lawyers and they get slaughtered by the judge who's a former prosecutor, 99% of them are, and the prosecutor for ICE. So I was up against them. The two oh. of them, it's literally two against one in that immigration court. Um, so, and that, I just started doing that. I started doing my first client I got at a Denny's. I didn't mm. even have an office yet. <laughs> really? And he was, yeah, this is Raul. <laughs> And he he represented me. I represented him for like 10 years. That's how long it took yeah. him to get his case? Yeah. Wow. That was then you really stuck it oh. out with your first with your first clients. I've had so many clients, like because deportation proceedings can take years. Like when yeah. someone gets into removal or removal proceedings, it could take at least three to four to five years at the immigration court. And then if we lose, we can appeal it to the Board of Immigration Appeals. That takes three or four years. And if we lose that, we can take it to the federal court. So I go the distance. <laughs> wow. I, I have a lot of your clients when they're like in deportation proceedings. Are they people who can like be home or have you had most, like a lot of them who are like in a detention center kind of thing? I've had a lot of clients that have been detained that I've gotten bond for. So in that, that's a great question because during different administrations have different policies. So under the Obama administration, um, the ICE officers would set bond, negotiate bond with me. And then in, when Trump came along, he directed all the ICE officers to set, literally essentially give no one a bond. And they all had to seek a bond from the, from the judge. So that caused a lot of people to stay in jail for two or three or four or five weeks until we could get to see the judge to ask for bond, which is kind of, it's harsh. So now with Biden, it's gone back to ISIS will negotiate a lot of bonds. But yes, I've had in my career representing um, a lot of people, including the police, because I, I, I used to do depositions in jails because we represented the, the California Correctional Facility officers. Mm. So I would get to go in and depose them or depose the inmates. So I've been in like 20 jails. Uh, oh, but wow. yes, a lot of my clients have stayed in jail for three, four months. 
Okay. A lot of a lot of times when like they have to reopen their case, like they've been ordered deported and they're going to get picked be picked up and deported, I can go in there, file a motion to like stay their deportation and then file a motion to reopen their removal proceedings. And that has to go to the court of appeal. So you they have to stay in jail. So so I would get, just go visit my clients in jail all the time. See, that's that's the that's why you need a lawyer because it the, this immigration system has so many um starts and stop to the whole because you you tell me like so many deportation methods that like you even told me like uh once when we spoke that sometimes being in an ICE facility is a way for you to be able to sort of try and get status if if your family has hardship. Is that, is that am I getting that correct? Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of people are not aware of this, and I, I do want to make it really known to people that are listening to this. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Ten years continuously at the time you're put into deportation, so mm -hmm. ten years or more, mm -hmm. and you can show hardship to U.S. citizen kids that are under mm -hmm. 21 or green card holder spouse green uh, u.s citizen spouse or parents that are or step parents that are green card holders or citizens if you could show extreme hardship to them you could actually get your green card in the immigration court which i have a lot like i'd say half of my clients we got their green cards with the immigration judge okay wow that's that's well i'm glad that you were able to help out so many people like that and that that you were able to stop their their process that way but that's so, such a man, such a tough situation to be like like you said sometimes some some people being in deportation proceedings is the only way they can get status well yeah like a lot of my clients want to knock on the door because they let's say a lot of my clients have very sick children like i had mm -hmm. some clients that had a very a, a child that had terminal cancer and they are both undocumented and i i um contacted the ICE officer to say we're going to come down, we're going to, they're going to self-surrender. They want to be put into deportation proceedings so that they could file the green card application based on hardship to their kid. They're like, no, you can't do it. So I found a way to get one of them into deportation proceedings, which is like a side, side, side story. <laughs> but, but what we got, it was the mother. And when we got her into deportation proceedings, then we got all the way to trial and the prosecutor said, no, we're just going to close the case. Oh, wow. So she she couldn't go on with the trial. And I said, Your Honor, I want to go on. My client wants to go on. She's yeah. willing to lose her case. But the ICE officer is like, no, we have discretion to terminate any proceedings. So they they terminated her proceedings and she never got her green card. Damn, but so is it is it is available. Like with Trump, he, yeah. he wanted everyone to go to trial. And he yeah. didn't want any case to be terminated or administratively closed, which for her would have been great. But this actually was under a different administration and the prosecutors were just closing cases left and right okay. and keeping the ones that had like my client didn't have a criminal record. But mm -hmm. they so they were keeping the ones with the bad that had serious That's criminal records, if yeah. that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, in, in a sense, yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, I'm not, I'm just a paralegal right now, but yeah, but yeah. I understand, I understand where you're coming. No, from. no, no. But and, it, and no, but so, 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 yeah. Ten years in the U.S. Yeah. Not a disqualifying criminal record. You can have some, but you can't, and you can claim hardship, extreme hardship to those, those people, like all of them collectively 
or one of them or, a you know, like religious hardship, educational hardship, mm -hmm. like emotional hardship, financial hardship. I think way outside the box. Like I got yeah. one of these one of these my clients, I got his green card because his kids were Mexican, but spoke no Spanish. And they were like exceptional students in the U.S. And if they were going to be deported and go with them to Mexico, they wouldn't even know how to go to they wouldn't even know how to learn because wow. they don't even speak Spanish. So I had expert. That's like a good trick. A lot of my colleagues use that. And um, yeah, and this is where like, um, you know, for a lot of people, especially on TikTok, you know, who are my followers, this is something where, you know, uh, they always ask me, like, what do I do if somebody threatens me with ice or something like that? And this is kind of like one of those things where, you know, a lot of like, you know, people who don't know the law, who are like, you know, these white races or whatever, like, I'll call ice on you. And sometimes it's like, hey, man, you know, sometimes that might be the only way somebody can get status. So you're, you know, you think you're you're going to hurt someone, but, you know, you don't know what you could be triggering. That it's true. It's really messed up. So messed up. When pe I've heard over and over and over for years about, oh, this person threat, like, especially spouses, you know, they're in a bad marriage and they're like, well, they, th they hold that over somebody's head, mm -hmm. but 99% of the time, the ICE officers will not put you into deportation proceedings. Like I begged my ICE officers, hey, we wanna come down. Right now, we wanna self-surrender. No, Gloria, don't come down. We're not gonna put them into, I go, you, but you know, so so that threat is is really scary. And I don't know what it would be like to be undocumented and have someone say that to me, especially I've, I've been here for 10, 20 years, and have so much to lose if I got deported. But I want you or people to listen to understand, <laughs> you know what? Go call ICE because a lot of people could get their green card in immigration court before the judge and there's no other way to get it. Wow. Wow. What, you know? A, yeah. What a scary situation. But I, it kind of like, I, I'm glad that, you know, someone like yourself who's, who's good at their job can still be like, don't let anybody push you around like that, you know? Cause you know, that, that's what it is. It's mostly people who do this just want to scare you. Cause I've heard stories of like, you know, people have told me on TikTok, like, uh, my neighbor threatened me. So I moved out of the neighborhood and that's what they want. They just want like the, the, the undocumented person to either move out of the neighborhood or, or leave the job or something like that. It's just, just to have power over them. Yeah. And, and it is, I, I, I don't blame them because they have that reaction, that visceral, I'm going to get the hell out of here reaction. Mm -hmm. However, like some people do have a deportation order from like five, 10 years ago. They, they got deported. And for those people, if ICE is called and they know that the person has an order of removal, has already been deported, mm -hmm. there is a risk that ICE would come and pick them up. Right. Because oh. ICE, remember, ICE is a police agent. Like if somebody has never been in deportation proceedings or whatever, and someone says, hey, Gloria, I'm going to call ICE on you. I'm like, be my guest. I got four kids. Hardship to them. Will be, they need me for dough. They need me for everything. Right. Right. But if I had already been deported and I came back or I, I didn't show up for a court and I'm ordered removed because I'm not there and you, ICE is alerted, there is some times where ICE will come and get you. Because and they're a police agency. Remember, yeah. they're not they they don't act in a vacuum. They yeah. the order from the judge of deportation is like a judge in state court or federal court. Yeah. And that's ICE officers, where, and that's easy for them. And that and that's where um, you know, that's different. If somebody's already, you know, 
been deported and you know they come back and they didn't they didn't you know follow because what when you get deported there's like a what five ten year ban or like a permanent ban it depends it could be five it could be ten it could be 20 or it could be the permanent ban which is only 10 years but you have to stay out of the country for 10 years oh is there like like indefinite bans like yo you can never come back or there's like there is like there is limits there um there are people that can never come back because it relates to a lot of times their criminal record. Oh, okay. Right. So if you're deported for five oh. years, you can come back after five years. If you're deported for 10 years, you can come back after 10 years or you can apply to. If you're deported for 20 years, you can come back. And some people can come back earlier if they get pardoned. Mm -hmm. But some people can never come back because they have crime convictions or false claim to U.S. citizenship that where there's no pardon for them, right? Yeah, yeah. And actually, yeah. you know what, what's sad about this is uh, I know about that because of the rapper Gucci Mane uh, has so many criminal records that he couldn't do a concert in Canada. Like, they won't allow him into Canada ever. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, yeah, I know about Gucci Mane. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, Canada's really tough. You know, if you have a DUI from the United States, you can't go back to, you can't go to Canada. Oh, seriously? Yeah, if you have a DUI conviction. They won't let you come back to Canada for the most part. Oh, well, wow. uh, okay. Well, good thing I've never done that. Like, I'm like, I didn't know that. Like, I had no idea. Like, that was, wow, Canada, people were like, oh, Canada, because, you know, you hear the stories now that Canada wants, like, more immigrants and more, you know, workers and stuff oh. like that. So you thought that they had, like, an easier immigration system. Well, they do. They do, actually. They have a great immigration system. Mm -hmm. I always tell people that are in Mexico, and they're thinking about coming here to seek asylum to the U.S. or Canada. I always tell them Canada. Because yeah. it's the, the the laws are way more favorable. Canadian culture is very pro-immigrant, mm -hmm. and they have lots of ways to get status. But what they don't like is DUI conviction from the United States. <laughs> you know, and it's actually uh, now that I that when we're talking, I realized that I've been telling a lot of people. You know, they're like, "Oh, what are you gonna do if you wind up, you know, being in deportation removals or you can't stay in this country?" And I've been telling people like, "Oh, I'll just go to Canada. Like, Canada is, um, you know, close enough where like my kids can, you know, they're citizens, so I, they can come up to the border and I can pick them up and take them to live with yeah. me if I live in Toronto." I realized that's from you. I got that from you. Who yeah. told me that if I ever, you know, I don't have to go back to my home country if if that's something that I don't want to do. That's true. Um, usually they will deport you, though. If, if you're going on a plane, you don't go like, well, I'm going to go to France. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know what? Forget New York. Can you guys put me on a you one way to France? Like... <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like going to Tokyo. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was actually thinking ice? like that. I was thinking, I was like, yo, can you guys buy me one to Canada instead? It's like, that's not how it works, bro. No, but I'm just saying if you ever if someone was undocumented yeah. and they get picked up by ICE and they're going to be removed, they have to be removed to their home country yeah, yeah, yeah. unless there's fear of persecution. Right. Or, you know, you're a displaced person. In other words, you don't have the documents or 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 proof that you can be deported to your home country. Okay. Um, but but if if someone was going to depart the U.S. and they wanted to live in another country. Canada is a great, my, my husband's from Canada. He is from Toronto and yeah. I love that city. Oh, it's a great city. It's a great city. I got to go it's once. It's so cosmopolitan. Came right back, but I love it. I loved it. So, so like, so, so, so like, you know, <laughs> going back. Pretend you didn't say that. 
Uh, I was able. I was able to travel a little bit at that time. I was able to travel for a little bit. Oh, so, okay. So it, was, it was okay. So it was all on the up and up. I got to go once, and I came right back. I I don't leave the country because I'm too I'm too scared of not being allowed back in. But um, but like let's say for myself, right? Like like you know, I don't have a deportation proceeding. I could apply for like for you know status in Canada, like right now, if I wanted to, and if I get approved, I could just you know make my way there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know Canadian law, but yeah. I I do know generally that it's really, really um, liberal. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. I'm, I'm glad to know that, you know, there are options because I was really, you know, I've, I've, I haven't been to DR since I was six, you know, and I have cousins who are there who, you know, I talk to them and they're like, you know, because I, I talk I talk about like, oh, you know, I speak English and, you know, I got a, a college, you know, degree and I could just go to DR and, you know, and be all right. And they're like, dude, you are, you're living in a fantasy. Like you, you think, that you could just go back home. It's going to be that easy. This it's tough out here, you know? So I have to, I'm trying to be more realistic than I am pie in the sky about if I ever go back, if I ever have to go back home, you know? Right. But I think with your case, as, as generally speaking, I mean, mm -hmm. I know you have two children, two sons mm -hmm. and they have special needs and they yep. really do need you. Yeah. So there are a lot of things, there's a lot of opportunity for you before the immigration judge. Okay. Oh, okay. Like you can have the, you could have false claim to U.S. citizenship. You can have, uh, you know, um, permanent bar. Yeah. Um, like where you were here for more than one year, you left, came back in. There's a lot of things that you can have that you can still get your green card in the immigration court that is just not possible outside of the immigration court. That's another reason why people want, want so much to be put into deportation proceedings. Wow. And honestly, the way you're talking now, yeah, it, it, it seems like that would be sort of like a route that I have to take. But once we, once we, once we hire you, don't worry, don't, you know, once <laughs> but, I hire you, that, that, that's where we have to go through these things. The, the silver lining is if, if Trump becomes president, he's going to issue the same directive to ICE that every undocumented person should be put into deportation proceedings, there will be your chance. And also, it's funny, you, you mentioned Trump again. I, I did want to say this real quick. I also think it's very fucked up that he took away the whole bond privilege when he's on his fifth bond right now. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you piece of shit. <laughs> oh, immigrants can't get bond, you know but what? I need it. I need it. Yeah, exactly. So, so immigrants get to sweat it out for mm -hmm. three or four weeks, especially Christmas. That's the worst because you're working with ICE schedule and judges schedules. So, I mean, the last thing you want to do is I tell people like at Christmas, never do this, but don't drink and drive <laughs> because you're going to be in jail. If ICE doesn't give you bond, which yeah. they will likely not, you're looking at two or three weeks inside the slammer before you can see the judge. And then you have to convince the judge to give you the bond. Yeah. So you have to not be a flight risk, which no one really is because no one wants to leave the U.S. Yeah. And that's why you stayed in jail so long or you're a danger to the community. OK, wow. Okay. If you're a danger to the community, the judge could say, sorry, no bond. And many people are based on their prior actions and convictions. They the judge will say, no, you're you're a danger to the community. You're a danger to your wife. So you're not going to get out. Gotcha. I've had a couple of clients like that which I've said, look, you're probably not going to get bond. We'll try, but you're probably not going to get it. But yeah, Trump, I mean, he they didn't go 15 minutes, come out. That's only for the privileged. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, because but just generally speaking, criminal the criminal justice system. I mean, you know that it's totally broken. That yeah. somebody who gets, you know, arrested with simple possession of some controlled substance, and the judge sets, you know, a ten thousand dollar bond, which is usually one percent. That they might not even have a thousand dollars. They and might that, not even have that, and that's so unfair. Yeah, when and someone's that, facing ninety felony charges can just waltz in there and get a bond now that's inherently unfair i i'm really passionate about that we need to change the the rules as it applies to bond in the united states yeah that's exactly where i was very confused and i still am at how trump can have indictment after indictment bond after bond and still be given bond well he is everything that like a flight risk yes a criminal yes Multiple cases against he's been held. Well, so, uh, this is liable. So, like, you know, I don't know if like liable is different than criminal, you know, when he's been like liable for E.G. Um, I forget her last name. Uh, E.G. Carol, Caroling, something like that for, for you know, for defamation. Eugene Kelly. Eugene, yeah, that's, but that's civil. That's civil. Yeah, that's civil. That's so civil. So that doesn't count towards that. Oh, okay. But, you know, what? what's very harsh about an immigration bond. So let's say in state court. You're, you get a bond and it's set for 100000 You only have to post 10% of that. So yeah. that's 10000 In immigration, the bond, you have to put the whole amount down. I knew it. I knew 15, that was going to be. Yeah. So $15,000. If the judge gives you a $15,000 bond, you have to come. Someone has to come in who's a U.S. citizen or lawful permanent resident and put down 10 Gs or 15 Gs or collateral that's equal to the 15000 Oh my God! You know what's so funny? I just realized I know so much. I know more a little more about immigration because of like pop culture. Because I was watching the show Better Call Saul, and they I, had uh, I love the, Better Call Saul. It's my great. favorite. Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. They're, they're both brilliant shows. I, was, I didn't I love like Better Call Saul as much as I did, but the 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 the, the episode where Lalo got arrested. And he he had to put up an eight million dollar bond because he was a Mexican citizen. So yeah. he had to put up all eight million dollars. So like, yeah, it was not a percent. Then he had to drag that stuff through the desert yeah. all the way. All the way back. He had eight million dollars. He had to just drop in front of the court. And they were like, what? He's like, Yeah, here's my my uh you know my client's <laughs> money. That's what it was. Yeah, because he was an he was like a, a, a yeah, like a it was like a whole immigration slash criminal thing that he had going on. So Lalo had to put up all eight million like flat <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and so and, and like so i will do that they'll set a bond for like ten thousand, and then if the person can't post it they could we could file a motion to re to redetermine bond in front of the judge okay. but they have to stay in the jail the whole time and you have to tell the judge like it's not that they can't pay it i mean that's kind of a factor but still i mean you can you can put that before the judge and that generally tends to work like they've got all these kids there's a sole provider, all this stuff. But the judges are pretty heartless, too. And they don't reduce it that much. That's that's tough. Uh, I don't uh, probably got about 20 minutes. So I want to make sure that we get to some of the like the big things that are happening in the news. And also uh, I got a yeah. few questions from some people on TikTok that send like, hey, if you don't mind asking immigration Perfect. about this. Um, uh, DACA. That was a big thing that happened yesterday. This episode is going to go up in a week, so DACA will still be pretty much like in people's minds because the decision is not going to be made uh, ultimately. But um, do you want to give us a little bit from you know from an immigration lawyer? I know you did a video about it. What happened and what does it mean for DACA recipients and for the future? 
Okay, Judge Hannon in, in Texas struck down the Deferred Action Program, DACA program, that Obama had announced as an executive order, okay? He didn't go through the federal regulations. He didn't ask for comment. And so this judge struck it down as unconstitutional. Now, that went up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said that um, Obama didn't comply with what is called the Administrative Procedures Act. He basically didn't run it through people, okay? He just is an executive order. So what Biden did was he made the exact same DACA program a federal regulation, okay? Mm. So there's there's Immigration and Naturalization Act, and then there's the federal rules of regulation. In October of 2022, Biden made it a federal regulation. So it's codified. That decision went up to the appellate court and went down back to Judge Hannon. And Judge Hannon was to determine whether the original Biden program was unconstitutional, but also whether a Biden's regulation was unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. He ruled that Biden's regulation that did comply with all the comments and questions and all that was also unconstitutional. So it's going to go up to the Supreme Court again. Mm-hmm. And I suspect that the Supreme Court will strike it down because when it first came down, when it first went up to the court, the Supreme Court, the judges just said that 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 um, Obama didn't comply with the Administrative Procedures Act. And so they kicked it back. But now that the federal regulation has been held to be unconstitutional and Biden has complied with the Administrative Procedures Act, I think if it goes up to the Supreme Court, they're going to strike down DACA. I do, which is a very somber thing to say. Now, do I want it to be that way? Absolutely not. But I think if anyone's listening, it's important if you have DACA to keep your DACA current. Do not let that DACA expire right. more than a, more than a year, because if you let it expire more than a year, you're SOL. You know what that means? <laughs> yeah, shit out of luck. Right? You're I'll shit say. Out of luck <laughs> yeah. Because it's deemed to be a new application, yeah. and the USCIS, her hands are tied. The judge's decision is literally binding on the USCIS and the USCIS, even though they have hundreds of applications that have been filed, you you know, last year, two, three, four, five, six years, they can't adjudicate them because they would violate the judge's order. So keep your DACA current, no matter what you ever do, calendar it, make sure it doesn't expire. If it does expire, Absolutely make sure you file the renewal online because you get like a receipt within like a week. Okay. And second of all, if you came in without inspection, like you brought over here when you're three years old from Mexico and you have a chance to do advanced parole, which is permission to leave the country and come back in, you want to do that because you could put that stamp up on the shelf for a rainy day when you marry a U.S. citizen or you have a step parent that's a U.S. citizen or your kids are that turn 21, then you can get your green card in the United States. If oh. you let that opportunity go by and you don't do advanced parole, 
before they actually real, real, real struck, strike it down, assuming they will, you're out of luck. And a lot of people would not be able to get their green card. Okay. Mm. Is okay. that, do you understand how advanced parole, like I've got done hundreds of advanced parole, humanitarian reasons, right. yeah. educational reasons, mm. or employment reasons. So right. I have people that are, are going to different countries for education seminars, mm. uh, employment seminars, um, semesters abroad, uh, visiting relatives, just there's a, there's a hodgepodge of, of, of very valid reasons to get advanced parole. Is how was it? Isn't it healthcare one of them as well? Like if for any like medical procedures or anything Human, like that? Hum, humanitarian includes healthcare. Like uh, you need um, IVF, and mm -hmm. it's cheaper in Mexico because mm -hmm. and then you can get it from multiple vacations. Um, you want to see your dying relatives. Um, re you want to see you know, um, let's say you want to visit a grave someone just passes away you're not able to you can go see them okay. if it's if it's a close relative and you had a relationship with them okay but all there's all different reasons i have people that are go that went to france on a semester abroad right. you know they were at they were at major university and they wanted to do a semester in france in madrid they can do it as long yeah. as they've been accepted in and they get the advanced parole so, I mean, I'm getting a lot of those, actually. Tons of people. And the advanced parole is, is is I know you like get the stamp of support. That sort of just show the government that you, now you, you re-entered through like a port of entry and, and you, you've come in you were, properly. Yeah. yeah, you were last, you were last admitted or paroled. So if people, and, and the, the weird thing that's confusing to people is like, wait, I'm undocumented. I have DACA. And now you're going to let me just leave the country mm -hmm. and come back in. They're so nervous about it. But I know not one person has ever been denied entry, re-entry on advanced parole. Now, yeah, if you're a knucklehead and you let your passport expire or yeah. your DACA expire or the day on your advanced parole, you're like, nah, I'm just going to party in Cancun for another week. No, you're not going to come back. Yeah. But barring any of those stupid decisions, yeah, yeah. you're gonna come back. Wow, that's that's you know such a, a nugget of information. I appreciate that. I'm definitely uh, if there's any point to make a video, timestamp this one because I, I got to put this up on TikTok for people to 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 see this. Yeah, well, it's I I hope people do it because I have a lot of clients that like oh shoot, you know they're old and they've been here in the U.S. for thirty years and they yeah. missed filing under Reagan's amnesty, right? Yeah. They're just like, I got, I was too busy right. or they went to a horrible person that took their money or they didn't think they needed it. Mm -hmm. And now they're kicking themselves because their chance was, is gone. Yeah. And, oh. and, and DACA, the advanced role is, is very much alive right now for those 600,000 people. Yeah. Is there, um, is there a possible timeline for when DACA might be taken up the Supreme Court? Is it still like, because I heard somebody say it has to go to the Fifth Circuit first before it can even go up to DACA. It will go back to the Fifth Circuit mm -hmm. and then it will go back, it'll go up to the Supreme Court. There are some situations where cases can jump over the, the, the appellate court, but mm -hmm. not very often. It's usually, it's going to go to the Fifth Circuit and then up to the Supreme Court court it will definitely go to the supreme court it's just a matter of time probably a year or so yeah and especially i with, would um, think with such a right-wing court it'll definitely get get struck down 
<coughs> you know, all I can say is deferred action. The concept of deferred action has been around for like years yeah. with immigration. So I have tons of clients that don't have DACA, but are in deferred action for a whole host of reasons. Oh, okay. And, and it's been, a it's not a new concept. That's what I want you to know. It is not, it has been around for, you know, 50 years in the Immigration and Naturalization Act. Yeah, it's Obama not, didn't come up with this. He didn't create like the deferred no, no, action no. role. <laughs> no, he didn't come out. You know, it wasn't out of his ass. Like it, it was. <laughs> it was. It has been used for years. Yeah. For years, like deferred action. Think about people that have like that were here from El Salvador. It's it's mm -hmm. slightly different, but they came here. They were here in 2000, and then there was a horrible earthquake in right. El Salvador. Right. They got TPS, which mm -hmm. is like temporary protection. It's not quite the same, but essentially it is. It's like they're being deferred removal. Right. And deferred action is essentially deferring your removal. Like you should be removed, but we're not going to do it. Like yeah. you did come here when you were two, pooping in your pants, no fault of your all. Yeah. You should be deported, but we're not going to do that. So the concept of deferred action has been around forever. And it is a finite class mm -hmm. of people. It's not like amnesty is giving, you know, 11 million people, you know, status. Right, right, right. It's not right. that. It, it is the defined group of people, which is sort of the legal argument that it is infinite. It is it is finite in that it's not like everybody can get it. You have to be here when, before you were 16, as in the U.S., before you were 16. You have to be under 31 as of June 15, 2012. You can't have any criminal records. Like there's only there's there's an end to the, the group of people that can qualify. Interesting. Thank you. Thank you for for giving us a little piece of like, you know, legalese that is like, you know, how do you, how do you split hairs? Um, I have a, a yeah. like maybe three or four questions that I wanted to ask you, and you know, yeah, and we'll, we can do that. Um, this is a, I won't use their name. I'll, I'll block them out. But somebody wrote um, from from TikTok: If I submit my sibling petition, does she have to leave the U.S.? She entered with a tourist visa and stayed. Thank you. Okay. Generally, yes, they will have to because. If someone comes in on a tourist visa and they are not immediate relatives, so for example, a sibling of a U.S. citizen, mm -hmm. they're in a, a visa weight category. It's a visa category F4. Mm -hmm. Those people have to maintain legal status until their visa becomes available. Now, that person, the sister, came in, overstayed, doesn't have any legal status. So when the visa is current, that person has to consular process. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So no, usually most most siblings, unless there's some magician that have kept like legal, like I mean, I guess in reality you could file for a, you know, somebody who has DACA, who maintains DACA for ten or fifteen years, okay, and then somehow is able to. Well, that's different though. It, it, there's 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 a legal argument that it's actually not status, so I don't want to I don't want to bring that up. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, generally they have to, okay. yes, because they're okay. not immediate relatives. Okay. Man. What are your other questions? Uh, I I think this might be like a two parter. So let's let's see if it all makes sense. You know, this is this is all still very new to me. Um, una pregunta, una pregunta. Okay. Uh, if someone got deported for criminal case, can they have a chance to come back or? Domestic violence. 
Uh, yeah, and then I'll, they have a part two, I guess. So yeah, so the question is, if someone got deported for a criminal case, can they have a chance to come back or domestic violence? Okay, if it's a domestic violence conviction, depending on what it is, likely yes. A lot of people are misinformed and think that they cannot come back after they've been deported. When in reality, many people can, and I've gotten many people back. Okay. But it, it does have to do with whether they're going to need a, a, a pardon for a crime, a conviction. Some people do. It depends. Other people don't. It all depends on the statute, the conviction, when it happened, and all of that. Not necessarily the circumstances of the conviction, just oh. the conviction itself. Yeah, and I, I don't know what the what the situation is, what the person uh, is, is trying to, like, you know... Um... I don't have a lot of like background on what this person was, but I, I would I would think like for a domestic violence situation, would the spouse who's in the U.S. be afraid that the person might be able to come back? That's that's what I, I'm like. I would. Oh, assume. well, the person can't unless they have someone to apply for them when they don't have they have an employment visa. They can't come back. OK. OK. And uh, yeah. same person. Uh, different question. Also, my mother got a work permit just recently at the age of 70. Damn. Like you know, but now it's like that get to work. Uh, is there so another? Good. Yeah, is there another way she could become a citizen? Well, if she got a work permit, that is likely that she has something pending. Okay. Okay. Right. Work permits are like the branch of a tree. Mm -hmm. They don't just—they're not out there. Just like I'm applying for a work unless you're getting like a H-1B visa or some sort of employment visa, a work permit related to that. Generally speaking, somebody who is has just a work permit, it's attached to like an asylum application or DACA yeah. or TPS. Oh, yeah. It's not in a vacuum, right? Yeah, yeah. The work permit is always the first thing that they give you. Like, hey, get to work. We'll work on the rest, but you work yeah. on making us that money. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> Finally that's paying the taxes. Yeah. But that's <laughs> that's a myth too. That's a total myth because my undocumented clients all pay taxes with an yeah, ITIN yeah. number. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, we pay taxes, all right. There's absolutely of taxes, but this is where the government now wants to, like, you know, just get you to work, you know, and and at least be on the books for, you know, for working and until ways. until they leave you, let you go until, until you go. until they say sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, all right, and this is the the last question I have. Um, it's a little bit of a, a long one here. Uh, my dad has been denied a visa multiple times because about 22 years ago he applied for one through lawyers and those lawyers did something uh present the fake bank statements and he got flagged he wants to come Yikes. but can't because they keep denying his visa and we don't know what to do so a lawyer well, presented fake papers so if if the if the person signed the papers the application and they had knowledge that those papers those bank statements were in it's on you but I would say there's recourse against the lawyers themselves. Okay. So right? They should because that's 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 a crime. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, as a lawyer, I can't I can't create documents and submit that that's visa fraud. It's a federal crime. Yeah. So I would say there would be liability, like you know, civil, like a lawsuit for damages, because if the person is separated from their family and they can't come back. Because of the lawyer's actions, you could sue that lawyer. Now, I don't know how successful they, you would be, but yeah. that's what lawyers have malpractice insurance for. 
right? Mm-hmm. For when you get sued. Yeah. So, but uh, but as far as like the father, it, he he's in a tough situation because he did sign the yes, I approve of this documentation being submitted. Yes, if he knew about it, but if he had no knowledge and he signed it, and then they the lawyers later put some fake documents in, mm-hmm. then there's recourse against those lawyers. Yeah, and that's the thing that I, I hear. If, go no, go ahead. You can get a judgment against that lawyer. Then you can go back to the immigration office and try and clear the record up okay right and this is actually very helpful because i've heard a lot of news reports of people who are very shady lawyers or will even say that they're lawyer immigration lawyers but not like i think there was a, <clears throat> a big news story of this lawyer saying that he can get people's citizenship by doing adult adoptions like by saying yeah you're 40 but we can get somebody in america to, to adopt he's like nobody wants to adopt a 40 year old with a hernia you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah <laughs> no Look at no one wants to adopt a kid that's even over 18. Exactly. So generally speaking, you have to be under for someone to do a like a, a document doc, adoption that complies with the Hague Convention and all that, you have to be under under 16. Oh wow. To be adopted. Okay. For immigration. For immigration purposes. Interesting. Uh oh, what about like uh what's that called that the kid from the blind side was and Britney Spears? Conservatorship. Like, does that count? Do you get any any uh, immigration status beyond the conservatorship? No, no. But there was some like some some news about him and that woman and that family. But yeah, Michael Orr. That's yeah. what I say. Yeah, the blind side. Michael Orr. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Conservative. No, it doesn't work. Doesn't work that way. <laughs> okay. Yeah. See, yeah like, oh, maybe, <laughs> I a loophole. maybe I found a loophole for you. No, conservatorships don't work. Can you imagine how many undocumented people that were in their forties that would want to get adopted? Adopt yeah, yeah, me, yeah. adopt me. I mean, ooh, Britney Spears I, me. Britney Spears me. Like, do that, do that me. I no work matter. really Maybe hard. The government's already taking my money. You take it for, as long as I can become a citizen. Make I won't cause business. you any problems. I promise. <laughs> I'm a good person. Oh, my gosh. Uh, oh Gloria, my this has been amazing. Thank you so much for talking to me and for answering, you know, these important immigration questions, especially about DACA. You, uh, I made a video and people were like, wait, didn't they write the Supreme Court struck it down? You just, you just taught me that it was uh, the codification that biden tried to do that was struck down it's different than uh the first yeah it is it's the regulation that was struck down which is very bad actually yeah i mean it's a bad sign yeah you know Uh, because i thought we would i really thought that that with the codification the regulation being confirmed and and that judge hannah would see it differently but i guess no no such luck no such luck. Um, before we get out of here, uh, any anything that you want to promote? I know, you know, the great TikTok. Please follow her. Uh, yes, please do that. We've been having it under the whole time so people see it come up. But uh, what else? Yeah, can we... and I need to get more followers than 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 this guy right here. We're in a so little you competition. Have follow, yeah. You have to follow me. Yeah, if you see this video, follow my follow documented yes. ass.com. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, but uh, tell them how they, you know, uh, find you on social media. They can get a hold of me. You can, you can go through my TikTok and, and you can do a square consultation or you can call my office at 801 656 9605. Consultations are a hundred bucks, but let me tell you, it's better than buying a bag of groceries. I'm going to spend a lot of time with you. And if I, if there's a pathway, I'm going to give it to you. If there's a long pathway, I'm going to tell you the steps. If there's no way, I'm going to tell you that too. And I'm going to tell you the reasons why. So, and I do consultations every day, except for Sunday. So I do Saturdays too. And you, uh, you could operate uh, from anybody from all 50 States, right? Is that all 50 States and around the world? 
Yeah, because I'm licensed in California, only do immigration. So I have an office in Utah and California, but I'm doing virtual consultations, Zoom, phone, or WhatsApp video or calls. Yeah. Great, great. So yeah, so people uh, all over the world can contact you. Gloria, again, thank you so much. All for your time. over the world. I, I You're love the best. talking to you. And we got to do a live uh, on TikTok soon. I, I, I yeah. our fans, our fans love that. Follow me. I need to beat this guy. I'm gonna yeah. race. <laughs> we're we're, we're gonna race to a million now. That's that's our next like yeah. marker. <laughs> Gloria, you have a good rest. I want I want a brand deal. <laughs> I just kidding. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's, yeah. Oh, let's, let's make that our, our next day. Like, one of us gotta get a brand deal because like, every time we compete, like let's get to two hundred thousand, get three hundred thousand. We're like doing it. I feel like it's a nice competition. Let's do a brand deal. Let's see. Who gets yeah, the brand exactly. <laughs> I love that, Gloria. Have a good night. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Awesome to talk to you. Bye. Like, subscribe, and comment at my undocumented ass podcast on TikTok and YouTube. This has been a Drop Tent Media Production.